The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Roster brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, March 7th, currently 1135 on the East Coast, here to break down the Tuesday betting card in the NBA and a recap what we saw in the association last night. But joining me here to help me break it down on this Tuesday episode, you guys know him as the newest voice of the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Delante Smith. Delante, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Just uh, ready to break down some of these games. Uh, hopefully we get some good ones, uh, and LeBron won't have to tweet that his son is better than some of those guys uh, on the floor today. I feel like that was a subtle shot towards Grant Williams, so we'll get into that. Uh, and also joining us here, you guys know him as the voice here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, and of course, on the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and the NFL Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, brother? Then nothing much. Looking forward to going through the Tuesday card. I know that the Monday one was pretty interesting. You had a couple of games go down to the wire. You also had a couple of games that did not. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle. But yeah, overall, hopefully the Tuesday games are competitive and hopefully we make some money. Yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty good couple of days in the association so far. Uh, Monday, uh, sorry, Sunday was a great day. You know, we saw Phoenix and Dallas. We saw uh, the Clippers and the Grizz game. Um, some close games yesterday. Uh, we saw some come-from-behind victories as well. Um, another game for the Celtics that went into overtime. Um, and then the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat really coming down to the wire. Uh, Atlanta, or DeJounte, shout out to DeJounte Murray for getting me that uh, late cover with that uh, three at the end. But yeah, it was a pretty good night in the association. Uh, we'll just recap our picture real quickly from yesterday. Um my lock did not come through. Uh, I had uh, James Harden over on his points prop at 22 and a half, but he did finish the game with 14 points, but he did have 20 dimes in that game yesterday for the Philadelphia 76ers. And then my dog was the Atlanta Hawks. Did get the cover uh, against the spread, like I mentioned there, but uh, fell short of the outright victory. Terrell had the uh, Sacramento Kings team total over, I believe it was 121. They finished the game with 123, and then he took the Toronto Raptors. Um on the money line looked great through three quarters saw some uh i guess theatrics we can say because of scott foster at the end uh and they got outscored to the toronto raptors 35 to 25 in that fourth quarter uh to get the outright victory for the denver nuggets so hopefully we can uh bounce back here tonight um in the association i think we have about eight games here tonight but uh scott let me start with you last night what kind of stood out to you what didn't uh stand out to you but uh how's your night as far as betting yesterday overall was pretty mediocre ended up basically splitting in the nba and the hockey i ended up not having the greatest night but either way you know happens but i feel like in general the only main takeaway that i had was the celtics again who blew another double digit lead for the third straight game uh they lost again and there you go uh, i just feel like the celtics are a really bad team down the stretch couldn't even blame Missoula last night because you had Grant Williams doing Grant Williams things, but Missoula wasn't actually at fault for once, and they still lost the game. Uh, I'm trying to think what's even worse. The fact that Grant Williams bricked both at the line, the fact that he told Donovan Mitchell he was going to make <laughs> both, or the fact that under no circumstance should you make both because you're it's a tie game with less than a second to go, and Cleveland has no timeouts. Yeah. Under no circumstance should you be trying to make both free throws. So there's really a couple of ways to kind of dissect that Grant Williams situation. Marcus Smart almost had the tipping of a lifetime there on that second missed free throw. But I don't really have much more to add. Boston is just a team that can't win games late. And I roasted Udoka for having some issues closing games last year. 
this isn't even close. Like this is significantly worse than Udoka's late game struggles were last year. Mm-hmm. Mazuko looks over his head half the time, and they can't close games. Now I know that they were shorthanded yesterday, and it wasn't back to back because Tatum and Horford didn't play. But every time they're up double digits, it feels like they lose the game every time. So yeah. I feel like Boston's got serious problems. That was kind of my main takeaway, where I felt like Boston was a team that talent-wise could be the best team in the Eastern Conference just based on depth, but they just don't know how to actually function late in games, and I'm assuming it's going to come back to bite them. I think so, too. I think that you know you nailed it. I mean, some games have been Joe Mazzulla's lack of coaching or experience, at least in late-game situations, uh, and then a part of it is that they're just giving up the leads uh, in that fourth quarter. I think we've seen that now in, multi- or in consecutive nights for the Boston Celtics, so um, I think the quite the the foul call on well, I think it was on what Grant Williams at the end there for on Donovan Mitchell. I think that was a little questionable call there. They um, even challenged it, and it stood because yeah. there was a little hint of body contact yeah. there on the reverse layup, which I didn't think was much. I probably wouldn't have called a foul, but if you're yeah. going to review it, there was some contact and Mitchell sure. missed. But it didn't no, matter but- anyway because. Mm-hmm. When you, when you get an 80-something percent free-throw shooter, I know Williams doesn't go to the line a lot, and I believe those were his only two free-throw attempts of the game. Mm-hmm. But when you have an 80% free-throw shooter at the line with less than a second to go, the foul call on the Mitchell layup doesn't mean much because you have to hit a damn free-throw. Yeah, best-case scenario for Grant Williams was to make the first and just purposely miss the second one yeah. and they would have won the mm-hmm. game. Or at least just make – even if you made the miss the first one, made the second one, that had been a very difficult for them in 0.8 seconds without any timeouts to. And there was uh, no doubt in anybody's mind once the once the game went to overtime that Boston was going to lose. Like, yeah. There was no doubt in anyone's mind that Cleveland was just going to win the game at that point. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just the fact that this team has been one of the title favorites for a while. I thought they would be the one seed uh, after you know by after about a month. I thought they'd be the one seed because they were just dominating, and they're a severely flawed team, or they have one extreme flaw that has come back to bite them time and time again. Now they're able to overcome it against some of the weaker competition, which is why the record is so good. Mm-hmm. But in a playoff series, when you potentially are facing off against the Knicks, maybe in the second round, and the Knicks are up 3-1 in the regular season head-to-head, and Brunson didn't even play in yeah. that Sunday game, and they mm-hmm. still beat you. And when you have to go probably against Milwaukee on the road now, because I'm assuming Milwaukee will probably be the one seed based on how many games Boston's punted, yeah. I got to assume it's going to come back to bite them in the playoffs one way or another. Yeah, I agree. Um, Delonte, takeaways from either the Celtics game or overall last night uh, in the association? Yeah, I was always worried about the Celtics. Um, and they get complacent in these big leads. I mean, it is hard to sustain a big lead in the NBA with, you know, the great shot makers that the league has. But at some point, you know, you got to you gotta be able to at least, okay, you know they're going to go on an initial run, but you got to at least be able to withstand it and keep it at least steady. I mean, obviously nobody's going to – I mean, rarely do we see a team coast from, you know, up 20, up 25 to win by 2025. It's just the players are too good in the league for for that to happen. But at some point, whenever they make that run, you got to just – simply just say, okay, we're just going to go back on our run and close them out. But Boston, they do have problems with that. Um, I mean, honestly, I know that uh, Scott was talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, but Philly is only one game back in the loss column of Boston. And Philly's playing really well right now. Um, They struggled a little bit last night with Indiana, but Indiana's playing really well um, lately. But that's something to look at, too. Like, I would take a look at some Philly uh, division odds. I got Philly earlier in the season at, like, I think like four and a half, five to one to win the division, but they should be somewhere around there right now. Uh, but they're only one game back in the loss column. Like, so it's not outrageous for them to make a run. And Philly's been playing extremely well. I think Boston has a tougher schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the guys in and out of the lineup is not helping at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like on the fence. I'm not as worried as, as some people are because I think still in the playoff setting, when you got two of the best wing players, Jalen Brown being a, one of the better two-way guys in the league that, you know, it's going to get a little bit better for them in that postseason when they got more days off, when they have <clears throat> the rotations tighten up. And scheme-wise, I think, you know, Missoula will try to put together something. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not really, like, ready to, you know, call Boston frauds like my man real. But <laughs> uh, I, I am worried. I am worried about the, the leads that they blow. And just they – it's not that – Teams are just like, 
without playing them. It's just that they just like they just get complacent. Like they get like, okay, it's over. We can just relax. Like they yeah. stop running our offense. They stop playing defense, which is what you know they're they're made of. Defense is, is how they run their uh run their sets. So yeah, man, I'm worried about Boston, but not to the extent as everybody else. I think when once they get to the playoffs, they'll be fine. For the record, by the way, Philly is officially two games back, but they do have one game in hand. And Philly, I found a plus 750 to win the yeah. division. Yeah, I mean, but in the loss column, it's only one game back, though, right? Uh, in the loss column, it's only one game. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, that's not that's not bad. Uh, I seen Nick was saying Philly schedule and stuff. Okay, maybe I had it. I'm just saying it's plus 750 if you want to take a flyer. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. I mean, yeah, they got a, a victory. I mean, uh, not, I don't want to say a huge victory, but a a game where there was absolutely no defense being played Zero. in that Philly and the Pacers game. I think Zero. they both had like 110 plus, I think, uh, at the end of three quarters. But, um, I mean, that was a, probably a game where you probably had same game parlay potential uh, with Embiid scoring 42. Halley had a great game again, 40 points, 16 assists for him. Uh, in that game, but Philly does get the victory. They do have a game here tonight as well. We'll get into that uh, later on in the in the episode uh, when we break down the games. But um, yeah, anything else that stood out to you guys? Um, the Atlanta Miami Heat game. I think that was obviously a big game for both teams fighting for that division uh, in that Southeast division. Now the I think the Heat now have a two and a half game lead over the Atlanta Hawks. Um, like I mentioned, he get the victory there, 131-28. Uh, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young did bounce back in this game, but it just wasn't enough, especially in the fourth quarter where the Atlanta Hawks gave up 38 points uh, to the Miami Heat as they got the victory there. Um, Scott, anything else from last night you want to mention? I'm trying to think if there's really anything else to talk about. I mean, Sacramento won again. Lillard had a triple-double in three quarters, but it's against yep. Detroit, so mm-hmm. I'm not really going to read much into that. But... You mentioned the Philly game. It wasn't really any like big takeaway long term, but I was just confused by what the hell Indiana was trying to do defensively in that game. Uh, they yeah. just decided to double team Harden the entire game and just yeah, why, let why, him why get twenty assists. Yeah, I have no idea, but they they kept double teaming him, and Harden just kept finding wide open guys the entire game, and he ended up with twenty assists. And Indiana still gave up one hundred and forty seven points. I don't know what the defensive game plan was there. Uh, Munaf had the over for Harden points. I might have had the over as well in a parlay, and it didn't get there. But just watching the game, like Harden had seven shot attempts through three quarters or so, and yeah. they still gave up 110-plus points in three quarters. I, I don't know what the defensive <laughs> game plan or alignment was in that game. It feels like Indiana just kind of spins a roulette wheel, and whatever it lands on, that's the defensive approach for the game. But no matter what they do, they still give up 130 points every game. Yeah, they're I mean, trying they new know. stuff, I guess, because they're bored. But it didn't make any sense to me. I was really confused by the actual defensive game plan for Harden because we know Harden's leading the league in assists. Yeah. So double teaming him doesn't do anything, and they gave up 20 assists. Like I, I don't know what exactly the thought process was there. Yeah, and I mean they're two back of um, they're two back of the 10 seed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when yeah, so Washington is yeah 16. Yeah, so they're two games back. So I mean, they just haven't been playing defense, and I, I seen that, and I thought I was, I thought I was seeing things. I'm like, why do they keep dub- like? Do they not know that Harden is more comfortable like as a passer? Like he can score, obviously not at the rate that he was scoring, you know, back you know three four years ago. But, At least switch something up. You know, they got 115 yeah. points or so after three quarters. Like you might want to try something new, but <laughs> now they just let Harden get a bunch of assists. Yeah, I, so I don't I, really know what the on, game plan was. On the backside of the rotation, when they're when they're bringing a double, they just they just swing the ball really fast and dump it to Joel, and he's one on one on the inside, and he. Probably ends up with uh, Miles Turner, who's undersized, or whoever else they have playing. Jalen Smith, and he's destroying both of those guys. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was odd too. But uh, I'm worried about the Pelicans, and I don't know if like some of the Willie Green love is like wearing off. Like I don't know what's going on. I know they're dealing with injuries, but they shouldn't be this bad, man. That's they're they're like borderline horrible. Like. With talent, like they have talent, they're just borderline. And I know I think he's got immunity because Zion got hurt. Yeah, if when Zion was he's, healthy, they they were what like a four seed when he got I mean, injured. Yeah, I think they were like top three at at, at some point. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I expect don't have- I expected more from him anyway because I had a preseason coach of the year ticket on him. But yeah. at the end of the day, when Zion got hurt, you kind of figured this team would struggle. Not to this degree. I think yeah, that them saying, falling though. off a cliff wasn't fully expected. Right. I've never been a big Ingram guy, and I've never been a big McCollum guy. Oh, I think yeah. that they're fine. 
statistically speaking, I've never thought of either of them as being winning basketball players. And I know that might sound mean for McCollum because he kind of carried Portland in that game seven against Denver a long time ago to carry them to the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. But I feel like those are two shoot-first guys that don't really play any defense, and they kind of thrive in isolation situations. I've never thought of those two guys as being guys who I trust to carry a team if I need them to carry. And from what we've seen, neither of them are capable of carrying. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I think the Zion thing obviously is huge for them, right? Um, he's never going to be healthy, though. Like, he, yeah, he's, and that's the problem. No, right? like, like, what were they supposed to do? Are you supposed to let him walk? I, I think they had to pay him. Yeah, right? you had to. Yeah, you right. had to pay him. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, he's able to come back sooner rather than later. But obviously, when those three guys are on the floor and healthy, um, it's a it's a winning basketball program, right? Obviously, with Zion on the inside, you know, Brandon Ingram able to knock both Ingram and CJ McCollum able to knock down their jump shots, and then I know they're also dealing with some injuries, right? Jose Alvarado, like their their energy bunny off of the bench, he's he's gonna he's been out for about a couple weeks now, so they've really had to go down the bench uh, depth there, where you know the talent at that end of the bench may not be very good. So, and they've been really struggling scoring the basketball. If you kind of just go through their game log, they. They kind of peak like at 106, 108, or 110 points. I got their ceiling there at 110 points. But right now, that's not going to get it done for them. So hopefully, I don't know, if they do get Zion back before the end of the year, maybe gets a couple games into his belt and, and get into They're that gonna play-in tournament. They're going to miss the tournament. plane, right? Yeah. It feels like it at this point, they look whatever. like they are going to miss it. Yeah. But. What, is it, what is it to miss, Scott? You got that pulled up? Uh, I'll pull it up right now. But yeah, I, I would okay. Yeah, it's I'll not going to be a big price. I mean, I feel like their odds are kind of 50-50 right now. I don't think they're going to get there because I'm not sure Zion's going to play. Anytime you miss roughly a month in change of the hamstring injury and you've had several setbacks, I don't exactly have trust in you to make it back onto the floor. And even if he does, then he's going to have to re-ramp himself up again, and it's going to be a whole thing. So I'm probably not assuming that Zion plays again for the rest of the year. Pelicans to miss, I see minus 170. That's the playoffs. I don't even see the play-in. Yeah, uh, I just have odds to make the play-in. I don't have odds to miss. But to miss the playoffs is minus 170. That I'd feels kind of free, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd lay that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it I'd really does. And All I right, see guys. That, uh, else? Per- I, sorry, I see that Productions yeah. is mentioning how Zion didn't play much of last year. That is true. A reminder that they had a kind of a Cinderella run in the playoffs. They were 36 and 46 last year. Like they weren't a good team. They just became better because they started off so badly and they had a little bit of a playoff moment where they came together. And it turns out Phoenix is overrated because Dallas kind of torched them in, in that game seven where Phoenix showed that they weren't as tough as we thought they might be. But they were 10 games below 500 last year. It wasn't like they were a juggernaut. They just kind of clicked at the right time. They weren't good last year. That's kind of my point. Well, last year they turned around when they made the CJ McCollum trade too, right? Like they got him at the trade deadline. So, I mean, obviously. But I feel like teams get... were underestimating them because they were so bad in the standings for most of the year and you kind of yeah. just penciled it as a win. This year after the playoff run, I can't even call it a run because they lost in the first round. But what people saw them and I feel like they became more of a team to worry about and they kind of had a bit more of a target on their back. So I do kind of wonder last year how many teams just overestimated or not sorry just uh underestimated them and they just came in and just sneakily beat teams that weren't fully prepared to play them. Yeah, and yeah. if Booker Booker was out for that series, right? If he would have played it probably four game sweep, five gentleman sweep or something. Yeah, I think or it was Booker like a couple was, games in that series, I believe. I think that's the I think that might have been the series that he got hurt. I'm yeah. not sure. I have to go back and look. He but got I'm injured, sure, yeah. and I think it was like game two, and then he came yeah. back in like game five. Yeah, of course, sure Paul had one of the game. best game sixes I've ever seen because he didn't miss a shot the entire game. Mm-hmm. People forgot yeah. that happened. Yeah. He went like 13 yeah. to 13 from the floor or something stupid. Like yeah, People forgot that happened. Yeah, but, but he always loses big games. That's why they forget. Yeah, he won that one. Yeah, he did. All right, guys, uh, let's get into the uh, – well, before we do that, let me uh, tell our listeners about our presenting sponsor here. That's going to be WinBet. Uh, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win uh, getting down on the NBA, NHL, and the XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. 
And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, guys. Uh, about an eight-game schedule, I believe, here in the association. Let's kick it off with the first game on the board. We're going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks headed down to Orlando to take on the Magic here. Um, this line opened up in favor of the Orlando, sorry, in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks at minus seven and a half. Uh, the number has now been bet down to minus seven. Uh, looking at the injury report um, for this game, I am currently seeing Giannis is probable here tonight. Drew Holiday is questionable. Wes Matthews is going to be out for this game. And Goran Dragic, who just recently signed with this team, is going to be out. Um Delonte, why don't you lead us off here, man? Milwaukee in Orlando here tonight to take on the Orlando Magic. Yeah, uh, man, I don't want to step in front of the books by any means unless it's against a good team. I think they live by destroying those good, those bad teams. Like they handle their business, they don't play around, uh, they don't let teams back in it. Uh, they're they're really good uh, on the road at 32 and 18, 32, 18, and three as a favorite. Uh, they just dominated uh, the Magic. Um, but I think eight. They were laying eight and a half, and they dominated them. I think they won one forty four to like one eleven or something like that. And I mean, they shot forty eight percent from three, and they held a magic to twenty two percent or twenty seven percent from deep. I mean, obviously they're not going to shoot, you know, that good. But their defense is pretty much why I don't want anything to do with the Magic. They the Magic are having pretty up and down. Like as far as they won one, lost one, won one, lost one. So, you know, they. Don't have any consistency. I mean, you would expect that from a young team. Um, they do play well at home, 17, 15 ATS at home, uh, 32 and 21 as a dog. So I just don't like the matchup for them. Uh, they they get to the line at a really good rate, like their um, top five and getting to the free throw line. But Milwaukee defends without fouling. So, I mean, that negates some of the easy baskets they have in getting to the line. Um, yeah, I don't – I would lean to the books. I mean, I wouldn't – I don't want to lay it. But if I had to play it, I'd lean to the books. Scott, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm going to lean with I'm going to lean to Milwaukee as well. Uh, they just played about six days ago. Uh, Milwaukee beat them at home by 22, scored 139 points. Milwaukee is the much better team, and they have beaten up on weaker competition, which I think bodes well for them here. Orlando has been, you know, not great, but compared to how they started the season, they've been okay, I guess. Going over the win total preseason, which I know that Munaf and I liked, so that definitely counts for something. So shout out to them. But yeah. I got to go with Milwaukee here. I just think at the end of the day, Milwaukee's got too much talent. Orlando is a young team. They're interesting moving forward, but I think we can agree that if Milwaukee is fully focused for this game, Orlando is not going to have many answers defensively to stop this team. And Giannis could walk into 35. He could walk in for a legitimate triple-double this time. There's a couple of ways for Giannis to, to dominate this game. And we know Orlando's had no answers for Giannis since he came into the league. Nobody has, to be fair. But it feels like he especially torches Orlando. I'm going to link to Milwaukee. I, I just feel like Orlando's a team that you can argue is more feisty at home. But when you're against one of the best teams in the league, I don't think that home court's going to be enough. I think they're going to need to actually get some steady contributions for 48 minutes. And Milwaukee's got length in the interior. They have depth. They can. They have Giannis, who's the best player in the league. I'm going to go with the Bucs. I just feel like they're going to bury another bad team. Yeah, I mean, the thing – before you go, Moon up, the thing with the why I can't take them – they don't have any advantages. Like, the things that they do well, Milwaukee defends well. Like, they're really good in transition. Milwaukee is, like, top two in points per possession allowed in transition. Actually, number one. And they, you know, they shoot the corner three well. They don't shoot the three as well, but they shoot the corner three well. And Milwaukee is second in defending the corner three. So, I mean, they don't have – when I ha- like to like when I have to bet a dog, I want them to at least have some kind of resemblance of a matchup, like, advantage. But I don't see any matchup advantages for Orlando other than Milwaukee having an off night. And you never want to make a bet on a team, you know, having an off night. Milwaukee has won 13 games in a row against this <laughs> I was going to uh, say, Orlando they kill team. Orlando yeah. all the time. Um. And they've won, I think, 11 out of those, sorry, 12 out of those 13 games by seven points or more. The earlier matchup this season back on December 5th in Orlando, 
Uh, Milwaukee only won that game by seven uh, in that game. I want to see if everybody was playing in that game or not for Milwaukee. I'm assuming yeah, Milwaukee they had was a, still out at that point. Uh, was, he was there, but he, he had a I really was. bad shooting night. He was one yeah. of 11. They were missing the Middleton in this year's matchup. I think. Yeah, uh, in 2023. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm with Milwaukee. Sorry, yeah, I'm with Milwaukee here as well. Uh, 12, five, and two as road favorites this season. They just own, like you guys already mentioned, they own this Orlando Magic team. So I'm gonna lay it here with the Orlando Magic. Sorry, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, some guys pointing out, yeah, why don't other teams have the same mentality of the Bucks? Just bury the shitty teams early. Championship, Giannis. championship mentality. I think Giannis. that's just what it is yeah. for the Bucks and Giannis. Yeah. Uh, they don't let teams back in. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's why they've been a cash cow against the spread as well. Um, let's go over the total, gentlemen. Uh, for this game, I'm currently seeing the total opened up at 232.5. The number's actually being money is coming on the over, actually, at 233.5. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott, thoughts on the total? I'm going to lean over, but I think I'd rather take Milwaukee team total over because if it's going over, Milwaukee's going to score like 125 minimum. But mm-hmm. we just saw them play on the first, and Milwaukee scored 139 points. They won 139 to 117. Orlando just had a a 240-point game against Portland. Defensively, they're not great, and they haven't exactly played like it, but Milwaukee offensively, I'm assuming, is going to walk into 120, 125. So I think I prefer Milwaukee team total over because if Giannis plays, we've said it before, you said it was 13 straight. They can never guard Milwaukee. I just think Milwaukee's going to do whatever they want offensively again. Uh, Delonte, thoughts on total? Yeah, I'd lean under simply because I don't think that the Magic can do anything to score. I mean, a, a lot of their points come from free throw line, and Paolo usually struggles against uh, Milwaukee. I, I mean, in the small sample size, he had uh, he was four of thirteen, only went to the line twice. So, you know, I, I think that is their that's who they they go to when they want a bucket or who leads them. And he's been pretty good for for a rookie, also. I mean, scoring like twenty plus in whatever many games. I think he's got like the rookie record for that or, or something like that. But yeah, I just don't think he'll he'll be able to get going. Um so without Paolo, I don't think they have enough offense to to get to a number. I think what is what is it, two twenty or two the total is two thirty? Two thirty three and a half, I think. Yeah. So I mean you gotta think about them getting to what, like one ten, one fifteen. I don't think I don't think Milwaukee's defense is gonna allow them to do that. So I mentioned Milwaukee team total because I, I think they can do whatever they want in this game. Yeah, and another key thing with Milwaukee is that their mentality doesn't change once those second rotation guys come in. Like they still play just as hard as the first guys, which is why they can mix in so many lineups. And I mean, notoriously, um, Coach Bud is really good against um, bad teams. Like even when he was in Atlanta, they were bur- they bury bad teams. And it was similar to yeah. the Bucks. Obviously, they didn't have Giannis, but as far as the depth and how they played, it's it's a similar style if you want to, you know, compare apples to apples. But uh, yeah, I, I would lean under. I wouldn't play it, but I'm I'm kind of with Scott too on the on the team total. Yeah, I lean a uh, full game under uh, Orlando since the All Star break. Number twenty second in offensive rating. Uh, Milwaukee defensive rating is number three in the entire league since the All Star break. About a six game sample. Um, since the all-star break, like I mentioned, uh, let's get into some player props. If you guys have any, uh, Delonte, why don't you lead us off with player props, man? I got zero. Cause I don't think right. I don't have, I don't have anything that like, I don't see any advantage or any, you know, trends that, that look in my favor. Scott, do you have anything for player? Props? If I was going to pick anything in particular. It would probably be pivoting to maybe a Lopez prop because he's done very well lately. I really do think Giannis has a shot at triple double in this game. Uh, but the problem is the price is relatively low. I think it was around nine to one. I'm not jumping on that. I, I just think that Giannis's assists are in a decent spot for this game, but they're far from guaranteed. I I do think though, after he got the last one rescinded, maybe he has extra motivation to put together a triple double <laughs> in this game. Maybe so. I think that there's a shot for Giannis triple double. I think he'll probably have a good overall stat line, but I think he if he's healthy and this game isn't a blowout at halftime. Probably Giannis points. I think it was around 32 and a half, 31 and a half. I could see him going for 35 in this game. Yeah, I forgot to mention uh, the injury report for the Magic, but Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable here tonight as well as Gary Harris. So uh, just keep that in mind if you so choose to burn your money with the Magic here tonight. Uh, All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Washington Wizards uh, in the Motor City to take on the Detroit Pistons. 
Uh, looking at the lines for this game, the Washington Wizards open up as a six-point uh, road favorite here. That number's been bet up to minus eight and a half. Total opened up at 229. Money has come in on the under. Starting to see some 223, uh, 223s pop up, but consensus right now is around 224, 223 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Washington Wizards, uh, Kyle Kuzma is a true game-time decision with the right knee injury. Monte Morris has already been ruled out, I believe. He's dealing with a lower back injury. Uh, for the Detroit Pistons, not yet one submitted because they did play yesterday against the uh, Portland Trailblazers uh, in a game where I believe they may have pushed on the spread, but obviously they got the uh, they did they lost the game outright. But Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game? Washington laying about nine points in the Motor City here tonight against the Pistons. So even though Detroit's a bad team and it seems like they have half their team questionable for this matchup with Hayes being questionable. I'm not a fan of Hayes. Bogdanovich is questionable. That is a big deal. Duran's questionable, but Bagley and Wiseman have kind of taken over the starting uh, front court positions for the last couple of games. And Stewart's questionable as well. I think I'm going to lean to Detroit. I feel like it's a spot where people are going to blindly take Washington because this team's been better lately and Detroit is not a good team at all, being 15-50. and 50. At home, though, they are a bit feisty, and I do think that the spread's a little bit large. Kuzma's questionable, too. So it's not like Washington's completely clean on the injury report. But based on the overall spread in this game and the fact that Washington, who is 15 and 19, is laying roughly eight points on the road, I'm not sold on that. Detroit was competitive against Portland yesterday. Now I know that they are playing a back-to-back, so there could be a bit of a reason why the line is so big. I'm not laying eight with Washington on the road, though. I think I'm going to lean to Detroit. All right. Uh, Delonso, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I wouldn't bet either team. Um, if you had to play something, I'd play the Wizards in the first quarter. They're close to 70% uh, in the last 10 games of covering the first quarter. Uh, they come out usually and like, play really well offensively. I don't – I mean, Pistons are off the back-to-back, correct? Yeah, they played Portland. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they're they're like right at 500 off of back-to-backs ATS-wise, but, I mean, I'm not looking to take the, the Wizards land that, that amount of points on the road. Uh, the Pistons – have been playing well. If I'm not mistaken, they're one of the better ATS teams since the All-Star break, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I just don't trust either team. Um, like, I would rather get in and get out. I love the Wizards in the first quarter. So i play that and probably the under. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Pistons here tonight as a home. Washington, I don't want to say struggled uh, in Detroit, but they're not getting uh, the victories haven't been by margin, at least Uh, the last time they won by 10 or more points was back in 2019 in December. But since then, uh, two losses in Detroit by 20 plus points. And then uh, they had a three point and the last two victories in Detroit has been by three points only. So I think this number is a little bit stretched at nine here. Um, so I'm going to go with the road, uh, sorry, the home underdog here as well on the spread. Let's get over to the total in this uh, game, gentlemen. Uh, Delonte, thoughts on the total sitting at? Let's go with 223.5 currently on win bet. Yeah, I'd lean under. Uh, the Wizards, they don't bring their offense for the full game. They usually just bring it for the first quarter, especially on the road. Um, although their offensive rating is the same, like exactly the same on the road as it is at home, they just don't score as much on the road. Uh, I don't know what it is. Um, and I see uh, somebody in the chat was talking about like the interior presence of Detroit. Detroit does have guys on the inside who can combat with uh, Gafford and Bill getting to the rim. So I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored. Pistons offense is horrible. Um, I don't think they'll be able to score. I don't think Pistons will be able to score like 105. The Wizards might get to like 108, 109. So I'd lean under if I had to play it. Scott, total. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to lean to the under in this one. Detroit's on a back-to-back, so I do think fatigue could result in some tired legs in the second half, but it's mostly potentially a lack of pace. But I'm looking at Detroit's last couple of games offensively, 104 against Portland, which is really bad, by the way, because that's Portland we're talking about. Scored 90 against Cleveland, but you're looking at you're looking at uh, Washington, and their games recently haven't exactly been the most high-scoring either. I do think at the end of the day, this this game is going to be competitive. So I think you're going to end up seeing uh, potentially a slowed down half court battle in the fourth quarter. I'm going to lean to the under. I feel like this number is a little bit high. And to go through the head to head meeting this season, 
Uh, that game landed 219 back in October, so it was a while ago. But I am going to go with the under in this one. Yeah, I'm agree with you guys. I think there's an under or there's an underplay here. Detroit. Now they struggled obviously offensively. I know they had that one game with Chicago Bulls where they put, they put up 115. Um, but other than that, it's kind of it's up and down for them. So I think this number is a little bit stretched at two. Um, Washington, like you guys mentioned, I think both teams obviously are dealing with injuries as well. So uh, again, we talked about it with kind of like. Um, Who's the team we talked about earlier that's dealing with injuries? Uh, the Pelicans, so they kind of got to go further down their bench, and you know maybe the, the quality is not there when you obviously when you're missing your top eight or some of your top eight guys uh, due to injury. So uh, I'll go with the under here as well. Uh, let's let's get some players. Scott, do you have anything for this game? Uh, if I was going to go for player props, it's pretty difficult for Detroit because you don't know who's playing for them in this game. I probably would consider Jaden Ivey assist yeah. because I don't see him on the injury report, but Hayes is. So if Hayes is out, I think that Ivey's going to have mm-hmm. the ball in his hands a lot more. And I'm still not sold in Washington's backcourt defensively. So I think Ivey assist could be worth a look, maybe points if you want to go that route. But I see that Strutter's mentioning Marvin Bagley and how his PR could potentially be a little bit low. I don't mind backing him or Wiseman. I think Gafford is a decent center for Washington, but the issue is he's in foul trouble all the damn time and he can't stay on the court. So I do think Detroit's front court yeah. should have some success in this game. We know Porzingis is more of a finesse big man who doesn't exactly compete well for rebounds. I think Bagley's in a pretty good spot to get rebounds or Wiseman. So probably one of those two I'd be tempted by. Yeah, probably... I'm probably with you on Bagley. Um, I, I like Jaden Ivey points, rebounds, and assists. I think he'll with Hayes out. I think he'll be able to to dictate a lot more. He's actually been flying under the radar, playing extremely well. Uh, maybe not like in the stat sheet, but as far as his play, I, I like what I've seen from him. In the, Wait, wh- from who Hayes? No, 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 from uh, Ivey. Oh, okay, from Ivey. Okay, yeah, from Ivey. So I like how he's been playing as of late. Um, I don't think that. Um, the, that the Washington defense will cause any resistance. So I like Jaden Ivey, points, rebounds, and assists over. Also, something to look at, uh, I like Bagley also. I would probably try to parlay Bagley and um, and Wiseman double-doubles to see what you can get for that. that I think that's a good look tonight because they're both going to be – they're both going to get to the line. Um, Washington fouls at like the, the top rate in the NBA, so they're going to get to the line. They're going to get put backs. Gafford is really the only – point of resistance on the inside that they have and, and so he's never them, on the court because he's in right, foul trouble all the time right so with the with the length and, and size that they have inside i think both of those guys can have a pretty decent game i could look for you know i mean it don't have to be pretty it can be 12 and 10 it can be 11 and 10 shit it can be 10 and 10 as long as we get there but i like both of those guys double doubles yeah i was looking at delante wright's uh assist here tonight i know um, i think you're going to say rebounds and assists because he's been good at both yeah, I mean, you could go either way. Uh, let's try to pull up his game log here. Um, he's averaging, in this, at least in those last five games, 4.4 rebounds, 5.4 assists. That number's probably going to be at 9.5 for his combo. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, let's see. Assistant rebounds. Delonte Wright. I see 9.5 at plus money. I see plus yeah, I like that. five on 9.5. Yeah, I like that for Delonte Wright here tonight. Um, I think you mean Delon. Or Delon, my bad. That's <laughs> all good. Delon, right? <laughs> I would, if I if I was an NBA, if I was an NBA, uh, we wouldn't be on the show right now. Yeah, uh, Delon Wright. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, rebounds and assists here tonight. Uh, I think that's a good look. He's been getting assists in the past couple games. He had five against the Bucks. He had seven and eleven against the Raptors, and he's also been uh, able to get some rebounds. So I think that's worth a look here tonight. Uh, all right, guys. Anything else for this game? Yeah, I got nothing. Not that much. No, it's tough when you don't know who's right, going to play get over for to the next- mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. Uh, the hottest team in the association right now, the New York Knicks, are going to welcome the Charlotte Hornets to town. Um, in this here tonight, looking at the putting line for this game, the New York Knicks opened up as a nine and a half point favorite. That number's been bet up to minus ten now. Total opened up at 228. That number's been bet down to around 226 right now at consensus. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the Charlotte Hornets. 
Uh, we already know about LaMelo Ball, and Cody Martin is gonna also going to be out for this game. For the New York Knicks, pretty clean injury report. Jalen Brunson is officially questionable here tonight. He's sitting with a sore left foot. Uh, but, yeah, they're pretty healthy at this point of the season. Uh, let's start here with the side. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off with the New York Knicks laying 10 points against the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know how I'm supposed to take Charlotte. Martin's not. Martin might not play, right? I mean, that's a huge fact. No, I'm taking the yeah. Knicks. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overthink this one. You can argue maybe they're fatigued after the overtime game on Sunday, but based on what I've seen from this team, Charlotte's got nothing to offer. And the only thing that can really stop the Knicks in this game is if they just overlook the Hornets. But at the end of the day, the Knicks have won nine straight. You said before, quickly has been incredible. Brunson maybe plays. Maybe I'm not sure yet. He's questionable. Need him to play. <laughs> No, but the point is you still want, you know, Brunson to play because he's the best player on the team, in my opinion. But shout out to Randall, though, he's had a great year. But the Hornets are just horrible, and it's not their fault. They weren't a good team to begin with, and Bridges had his off-the-court issues during the offseason. Now LaMelo got injured, and they're getting smacked. They've lost three straight games by double digits, and I think the Knicks should be able to dominate at home once again. I do think that a good play here is the Knicks' first half. I got it a five-and-a-half last night. It's up to six. The Knicks are number one in the league in first-half ATS record. They have the best first-half first record in the league. The Hornets are dead last. So if you want to talk about a huge disparity there, the first-half numbers suggest it. And Charlotte, in the last three games in this losing streak, they've trailed by 16-plus points at halftime in each of those three games. The crowd's going to be into it because the Knicks are playing the rest of basketball since, I don't know, Mello was there with Amari Stoudemire, maybe. So I'm going to go with the Knicks first half, and I do think the full game has some value, too. T-Rock's mentioned in the trifecta here, Knicks first quarter, first half, full game. You're getting no argument from me. Charlotte, yeah. when they trade a Mason Plumlee, Munaf's favorite player, they basically <laughs> waved the flag on the season, and they decided Terrible. that they were going to go full youth movement. So maybe I'd also look for Mark Williams' rebounds because he should get a decent amount of minutes. But they have nothing to offer. They can't guard anybody. Kelly Oubre is taking 20-something shots a game at this point. They're not going to win many games. Give me the Knicks to roll here. I think they'll cover the first half spread, first quarter spread, win this game by 15. Yeah, this is a, a uh, weird sandwich spot for the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, they had to the two back-to-back road games. Uh, they play this home game here, and then they head on to a four-game West Coast road trip where they play Sacramento, the two LA teams, and then Portland. So, um, I, I think obviously the effort will be here tonight. You want to get this victory against that poorest team and just pile up the wins and stay, you know, within that. What are they? I think they're fourth or fifth right now in the Eastern Conference. So I think you'll get a a, a good effort here tonight from the New York Knicks. Um, Delonte, what do you got for this game? Uh, yeah, man, the, the Hornets are, are horrible. Zero and three ATS and straight up without Lamelo, offense has obviously struggled. They're averaging ninety four point three points per game in the last three games. Obviously, with bode well for the under three straight unders. Um, something that the Knicks are doing well that I don't think is being talked about enough. I mean, obviously they're playing really great, but Mitchell Robinson returning is just anchoring that defense. He's cleaning up everything yeah. on the inside. Uh, he's being able to let those guards play aggressively on the defensive end. So they can take more chances knowing that Mitchell Robinson's back there to clean up, you know, if they gamble or miss. So it's a lot easier as a defender to know, okay, I can play harder and potentially get beat when I got Mitchell Robinson on the back end who can take care of, you know, blocking it and rebounding. So I think that's a big thing for their defense, which it wasn't it, like when he went out, when he first went out, I think we all documented that they were going to struggle defensively because he was the anchor of that defense. So, him being back is big for them. Uh, I don't want to lay the big number, but I I will roll with, with T-Rock on that first quarter, first half. Hornets are atrocious in the first half. I think they get outscored by probably like five points per, or four points per four, uh, first quarter. So I like the Knicks in the first quarter. Uh, I don't hate it in the first half also. But I don't want to lay uh, that big of a number on the road thinking, you know, knowing they got that big road trip coming up, they might not have, you know, incentive to, to win by margin here. So uh, I like the Knicks first quarter, first half. If I had to play it, I would play the full game, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it. I feel like first half is kind of an autoplay just based on the to. trends. You have the best first half team against the worst first half team. Like, I'm not going to overthink that part of it. Now, it has gone up a point or so, but I got it a five and a half. I think you might be able to find the five and a half. I think six is okay. Once again, they've trailed by 16 plus at halftime in three straight games. They were down to the Nets by like 30 at halftime last game on Sunday. I think if the Knicks are focused for this game, they will be up double digits at halftime. 
in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. I think that we've seen it all season. This dates back to what a couple seasons ago, where they the Knicks were an automatic first half team uh, on the spread. So, um, I, yeah, I think they'll be focused here. I know they're coming off a double overtime victory, but I think they had a day in between to kind of um, digest it and then you know get focused on Charlotte here tonight before they head out for that West Coast road trip. Like I mentioned, I was going to the total here, guys. Lante, I want you to lose off with the total uh, currently sitting at two twenty six in this game. Uh, much like Scott's taking the Milwaukee and uh, Orlando game, I would ra- much rather have the Knicks team total over uh, simply because I don't trust the Hornets to be able to score any points. Like I said, they're averaging under 95 points since LaMelo's been gone. They're pretty much a high-variance team. Now, if, they're hit- if they're hitting their threes, that's the only shot they have at, at scoring over 100. Um, I don't think that the Knicks defense will allow them to score uh, from deep. They're pretty good depending on the three. So I would much rather have the team total over for the Knicks. If I had to play it, I would probably lean under, thinking the Hornets just don't have enough offense to, to score on the Knicks, and the Knicks score maybe like 125, 126, something like that. Uh, all right. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to agree. I think I'm on the under. or Just because Charlotte, I, I watched a lot of that game against the Nets on Sunday. Damn, that was bad. That was really, really bad. They had 86 <laughs> points in the entire game. Uh, the Nets were on pace to score like 140, but they took their foot off the gas. So I guess that's my concern. But Charlotte scored less than 25 points in each quarter in 2023. That's almost impossible <laughs> nowadays. So, like They scored less than 25 in every quarter. I don't think I can take the over because Charlotte offensively is really mm-hmm. not good. The first meeting in the head-to-head, one of the first couple games of the season, Charlotte did score a bunch of points, and the game went to overtime. Second game, not so much. I do think Charlotte offensively is going to have some problems. And the Knicks, you talked about Robinson's rim protection. Uh, Josh Hart on ball, I think, can do a great job of really making opponents struggle with their shots. But the Hornets scored 102 in the last meeting. I think that that's kind of the ballpark here. 220, that total just seems a little bit high to me. Knicks are off the double overtime game where quickly played 55 minutes and they're trying to potentially be fatigued in the second half. I'm going to go with the under. That total seems a little bit high. I was trying to see when was the last game LaMelo played in. So it was that Detroit game where they put up Mm -hmm. 117. But since then, like Scott's mentioning there, that 86 against the Brooklyn Nets, 106 against the Magic, and then 91 against the Phoenix Suns. They can't score. Yeah, they can't score. And uh, defensively, since the All-Star break, New York Knicks number seven as far as defensive rating uh, in the entire association where they are 6-0. and So I think a team total holder, it's under. Um, and if you, I don't know, want to look at a team total over in the first half for the Knicks, um, I, think they, they, I think they'll just have their way in this game. Uh, player props in this game. Delonte, why don't you lead us off, man? Man, I don't have any. I don't have anything. I don't okay. think that that I don't think that the Hornets have enough worthy players. I mean, if you want to look at anything, I would look at Ubre. He's been playing uh well since his minutes has ramped up. I would look at him points and rebounds. Um on the Knicks side, okay, I do have uh, on the Knicks side, it was even money when I bet it last night. Mitchell Robinson double double. He's had a double double in every game except one since he's returned. I think five of the last six. I think he's returned for six games. He's had a double-double in five of those in the first one. And uh, the the one that he didn't have a double-double in, I think, was his first game back, first or second game back. So uh, I love that if it's still even money. Even if it's at reduced, like 105, 106, I still play it there, too. Uh, I don't think that the Hornets have much resistance inside except for Mark Williams. And he's kind of young, so he'll probably get into foul trouble. So I think um, I think Mitchell Robinson has some value on that double-double. All right, Scott, you have any player props? Uh, I think that my main player prop, I was going to mention something with Mark Williams. Now, foul trouble can be a concern, but Charlotte, that team is just letting young guys do what they want. Mark Williams' rebounds was 8.5. I think the number was a bit low since he has done a pretty good job of getting to 10 rebounds lately, but he only needs 9 to go over. I just thought 8.5 seemed like a low number mm-hmm. to me since Charlotte's going to have to do whatever they can to battle on the glass, and Williams is their best option. So I was kind of tempted by him. As for the others, I really found a hard time finding props on the Knicks that I actually liked because this game does have a lot of blowout potential to it, and I do think there's a chance that the starters get pulled early. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't fully sure how to attack this. I thought maybe Randall threes, but eh, I decided not to. Quickly props, I guess, if Brunson's out, but I don't know if Brunson's out or not, so I can't take those yet. I don't really have much in this game because, once again, I got to see if Brunson's going to play. 
And I'm also concerned that if you take it over with a Knicks player, you might need to do it in three quarters. Let's put it that way. I was looking for some assist props for the Knicks here, but I think that, like Scott, you mentioned there, that if if Brunson doesn't play, I probably pivot to a manual quickly assist and assist props in this game. Um, did have seven assists last game. Obviously, that did go into double overtime against the uh, Boston Celtics, but um, he was really the guy that's been getting assists uh, when Jalen Brunson's not in the lineup. So I think that's one way I would look uh, in this game as far as player props. Um all right, guys, before we continue here, let me tell everyone about our newest sponsor here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that's going to be Shady Rays. Um, Shady Rays is a company that has been a premium um, specialist, I guess, excuse me, <coughs> in, uh, in, in sunglasses and shades. Summer's coming up. The sun's going to be full blazing, and you guys need to take out uh, or check out Shady Ray. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for the outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Ray offers the most uh, insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. And if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, when you get them right in the in the mailbox or, or from your uh, delivery service, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, from that very first day. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have also donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with beating America. And if you don't love them, uh, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within the 30-day period. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your backs. Um, so since you guys listen to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and all the shows that we have, they have a special offer for our listeners exclusively. Shady Rays is giving uh, their best deal of the new year. All you got to do is go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off when you buy two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses again that's 50 percent off when you buy two or more pairs using promo code sgpn try for yourself the shades related let's uh, try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 customers again that's shadyrays.com promo code sgpn all right, so what we'll do here, we'll break here part one. We'll get into part two for the remaining uh, schedule of the games here on the Tuesday night card for the uh, NBA. So this is part one. We'll get into part two. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the 